This morning we want to start a series of messages that we call Monday to Saturday. Monday to Saturday, or MTS, calling it Monday to Saturday. We're going to talk about that for a couple of weeks, maybe for four Sundays, and we'll get to that in a minute. If you have your Bibles, please turn with you Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 to 16. We're going to read this, a very familiar passage as we talk about Monday to Saturday. Matthew 5, verses 13 to 16. Here's what Jesus said. He said, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. You know, the challenge most of us face is living life Monday through Saturday. Sundays is a great day because you spend about two to three hours in church. You have time to worship God, hear a message, spend time with other like-minded, believing friends. and It's an exciting day. But Monday through Saturday is the real test. It's where the rubber meets the road. It's the challenge that all of us face. And unfortunately, for many of us, our Christian experience or our walk with God, our experience with God is relegated just to two to three hours on a Sunday morning. And then Monday to Saturday, we live, as Paul called it, as mere men. We just live as natural men. This is like the rest of the world. There's no hardly any difference. I'm not saying all of us are there, but for many of us, that's the kind of experience we go through. We experience God on Sunday. It's exciting. We pray, we worship, we say hallelujah on Sunday mornings. But Monday through Saturday, we kind of struggle with the rest of the world in whatever the world struggles in. And we kind of walk through Monday through Saturday, waiting for Sunday to come and supposedly practice our faith for another two to three hours. But that's not the way it's supposed to be. Amen? Monday through Saturday is when you and I really enjoy living our faith in the world, in everyday situations of life. And that's got to be exciting. That's where we are supposed to be enjoying our faith in Jesus Christ, living it out Monday through Saturday. And uh, because many believers are uh, in some ways limiting their faith and their Christian experience to Sunday mornings, the church as a whole has lost its impact and influence in the world. And in some ways, we could even say that the enemy has successfully neutralized believers made them of no effect in the world because he's convinced many of us that the only place you can live your Christian life is on Sundays in church for two to three hours and Monday to Saturday, hey, the world is so rough, forget it. Just leave your Bible at home, be normal, Monday to Saturday. You don't have to try to, you know, be that good Christian or that that believer in the world. After all, your friends aren't looking at you, your church friends aren't there. And so Satan in some way has convinced us that it's going to be very difficult to live out in the world, to live our Christian experience or Christian life in the world. But we need to change that. Amen? We need to understand that Monday to Saturday in some ways is more important than the two to three hours we spend right here on Sundays. That's more important 
in many ways. Amen? And so the whole purpose of this series called Monday to Saturday is to inspire and empower believers to take their personal faith in Jesus Christ out into their homes, in their schools, in the colleges, in the places of work, in their neighborhoods, and live it out, walk it out there. Amen? And hopefully at the end of this, all of us will be in some way inspired and empowered to do that Monday through Saturday. Amen? How you live at home, you know, young people, how you treat your parents, parents, how you treat your children, husband, how you treat your wife, and wife, how you treat your husband. Monday to Saturday is important. Of course, in church, everybody smiles. And everybody says hallelujah and holds hands and prays. Of course, that happens in church. But what happens Monday to Saturday is it should not be any difference. Amen? The kind of person you are when you go to school, when you go to college, or when you go to your workplace, or in your neighborhood, when you play with your friends, or meet people outside, you should be no different. Amen? So we want to get there. We want to come to a place where we can truly be, as Jesus said, Salt and light, not in the church, but in the world, where we, re- where we are really needed. Now, as a church, you've probably heard it said many times, our vision is to be salt and light in the city of Bangalore, a voice to the nation and to the nations of this world. So immediately we are placing before us a challenge saying, we're not here just to be believers in the church on Sundays. We are here to be believers in our city, out in the world where we are needed. Amen? We are to be salt and light in our world. A voice to our nation. Hopefully, God will raise us up to a level where we can have impact and influence on our nation. And with God's help, other nations as well. So that's our mandate. And I believe that's the mandate Jesus laid upon every believer in Matthew 5. And he said, you are salt of the earth. You are light of the world. So this morning, I just want to encourage us to embrace our Monday to Saturday mandates. Amen? Amen. To accept it, saying, God, you didn't call me just to be a good, good Christian on Sunday mornings in church. You've given me a mandate for a Monday to Saturday experience to be salt and light in this world. And I'm willing to take it. I'm willing to embrace my Monday to Saturday mandate. And this morning, I want to just share with us I want to use our church acronym APCWO to share with us five simple practical things that you and I can do to embrace this Monday to Saturday mandate. Five simple things that you and I can do to take our experience of faith throughout the week, Monday to Saturday, wherever we live. So let's begin with that. A. A stands for altar. Keep your altar. A flame with love for the Lord, Monday through Saturday. In the Old Testament, God gave His people a powerful illustration of this in the building of the tabernacle. As they were journeying from Egypt to their land of promise, they had to build a tabernacle where they worshipped God. And in this tabernacle, there were two altars. One altar was at the outer court, as soon as you entered the gates of the tabernacle, right there, there was an altar. It's called the altar of sacrifice. And then, there was another altar as you went into the inner court. There was an altar right before the veil of the, of, the, of the Holy of Holies. There was another altar there. That's what's called the altar of incense. 
And all of this tabernacle, this whole tabernacle is a type, a shadow, a representation of what our walk with God must be. And I want you to look at some verses here on these two altars. Leviticus 6 chapter verses 12 and 13. This is what God says about the altar of sacrifice, which was near the, it was in the outer court. He said, and the fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it. It shall not be put out. And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning and lay the burnt offering in order on it. And he shall burn on it the fat of the peace offerings. Verse 13. A fire shall always be burning on the altar. It shall never go out. This altar has to have fire on it all the time. Then about the altar of incense. This is what God said in Exodus 30th chapter verses 1, 7 and 8. In Exodus chapter 30 he said, You shall make an altar to burn incense on. You shall make it of acacia wood. Aaron shall burn on it sweet incense, verse 7, every morning. When he tends the lamps, he shall burn incense on it, verse 8. And when Aaron lights the lamps at twilight or in the evening, he shall burn incense on it. A perpetual incense before the Lord throughout your generations. So what's God saying? You know, this altar of sacrifice must always have fire on it. The altar of incense. Twice daily you come and you put incense on it. So there will be continuous incense going up before God. The altar of sacrifice talks to us about our consecration to the Lord. He said that consecration must always be burning. Amen. The altar of incense right inside the inner court. Talks about prayer and worship and praise. That incense that goes before God. The prayers of the saints. He said that must always be on. Incense on it all the time. Amen. It's telling us that God wants the fire on our altars to be burning all the time. Monday through Saturday. Amen. So here's the first thing. A flame. Keep your altar aflame with love for the Lord throughout the week. Daily devotion to God is important. Taking time to just worship God. Just to turn your heart towards God. To offer up yourself afresh in consecration before God, to offer up the incense of prayer and praise and worship to God Monday through Saturday. Hopefully Sunday is not the only time you see verses of Scripture. Amen? That altar has to be burning throughout the week. Keep yourself in constant communion with the Lord throughout the day. Send out those little tweet messages to God where you can keep your fire burning. Amen? Keep the altar aflame. A for altar. P is presence. Practice the presence of Jesus at all times. Practice the presence of Jesus. You know, Jesus said, Matthew 28, 20, I am with you on Sunday mornings. I don't think he said that. He said, I am with you always. Always. So he's with you Monday through Saturday all the time. Now, I'm sure that some of our manners would be slightly different if Jesus was present physically. Amen? I mean, when you're about to get angry, and if Jesus just shows up physically, I'm sure we would deal or handle that situation a little differently. You'd probably say, praise the Lord, Jesus. Stotram, Sami. Oh, Jesus is here. I better watch my temper. I watch how I'm going to treat my kids. I watch how I'm going to talk to my parents. I watch how I'm going to talk, I'm going to talk to, you know, my neighbors, my friends in school. It'd just be a little different if Jesus was there physically. Amen? The fact is, He is with us. He said, I am with you 
always. So now we're going to practice the presence. Be conscious of the fact that Jesus is indeed with you. Just that you can't see him, but he said, I'll be with you. You got to practice it every day, Monday through Saturday. When you're in your workplace and you're dealing with your friends, your colleagues, you've got reports to do and all kinds of things, you know, dealing with your customers, closing sales and whatever, practice the presence of Jesus. What would you do if Jesus was sitting next to you? What would you do if Jesus was at that table when you were talking to your customers or you're dealing with people? How would you handle it? The fact is, he is there. We just don't see him. But he said, I'm with you always. Amen? So when you and I practice the presence of Jesus, it will motivate us to walk in integrity, to walk in purity, to walk in love and joy and peace. It will it'll, it'll be an automatic motivator in our lives. We don't have to tell people, you know, don't tell lies. I don't think if Jesus was sitting right there, you're going to tell, you know, tell a lie to your neighbor. I don't think so. Why? He's going to just look at you and you know, he knows what I'm saying. I don't think that you're going to cheat with, on a business deal if Jesus was physically there. Because he'll know what you're doing. Just one look and that ends the whole thing. So when you and I practice the presence of Jesus, it's an automatic motivator to walk in purity, integrity, love, joy, and peace in Christ's likeness. Now here are some practical things that I, that I, I like to do and maybe you would like to try it out too. You know, have frequent Selah moments or moments of reflection throughout your day. You know, many times we relegate our time of reflection to a quiet time, early in the morning or late at night. And we say, that's the only time I'm going to pause and reflect and pray. But what I encourage you to do is to do that throughout your day. Whenever you can, just pause and say, God, thank you if you're at work in my life. Reflect on what's happening. Have those Selah moments, those moments to pause and reflect Throughout your day. It could be when you're going to the restroom. It's okay. It could be when you're going to get some coffee. It's okay. Whenever. Pause. Have a sailor moment. Reflect on what God's doing. Another thing you and I can do is just to, you know, we've talked about this earlier. To tweet to God whenever you can. Just send him those short messages saying, God, I'm doing fine. How are you? Or, God, I'm not doing so fine. I need your help. Whatever it is, this. Send those short messages to God during the course of your day. Pray in the Spirit at every opportunity you can get. Pray in tongues. You can pray in tongues when you're driving, you're, you're on your bike, you're going from place A to place B, you're walking down the street. You can pray in tongues. Just automatically kick in to tongues whenever you have a brief moment by yourself. Or listen to the Word of God or spiritual songs at every opportunity. You know, nowadays we've got all kinds of gadgets and tools. You've got your... MP3 player, your MP4 player, you got your iPod, you got iPod Nano, you got all everything. I mean, you just can load yourself with songs and messages. Listen to the Word of God at every opportunity. Amen? That's just another way just to practice the presence of Jesus. To know that He is with you and to tune your heart towards heaven. Sing to the Lord at every opportunity. It'll be great to sing when nobody's around. Nobody's going to know that you're off key. Just sing to the Lord whenever you can get. And use... The question, you know, is very, I mean, WWJD, what would Jesus do? Use that in, in your everyday life. If you want to be a little sophisticated, you can ask, you know, what kingdom principle applies to the situation? What must I do? Am I having a difficult time with the customer? What kingdom principle can I bring in to resolve this? I've got a difficult situation with my neighbor. What kingdom principle can I bring in to this situation to solve this problem? What would Jesus do? How would he handle this? 
What are you doing? You're practicing the presence of Jesus. Amen? So that way, Monday through Saturday is not disconnected from what happens on Sunday. It's an ongoing thing throughout the week. P is to practice the presence of Jesus. C is community. It's a commitment to Christ-centered community. You know, none of us live our, can live our Christian experience all alone. We don't have to. We're not in a situation or in a place where we have to stand up all alone for Jesus. We've got lots of other believers around us. Many who are, walk, who are journeying through life, through similar circumstances in life. And so it's important for us to have a commitment to Christ-centered community. Look at what the scriptures tell us in Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Verses 15 and 16. The Bible says, speak the truth in love, so that we may all grow up in all things into Him, that's into Jesus, who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together. The body is not disconnected fragment. The body in Christ is joined and knit together. It's compacted. It's brought close together in Christ. So, you know, the, um, the right arm doesn't float there. The left arm doesn't float there. The eye doesn't float in one direction. The other eye in the other. No, the whole body is knit together. And what happens? It says, it's knit together by what every joint supplies. Every part is supplying something, is contributing something to this body. According to the effective working by which every part does its share. Every part is doing something. And the result, it causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. So the head, Jesus, he brings us, us together. He knits us together. Every joint is supplying. Everybody is contributing something. Everybody has a part to play. And as we go this way, as we move this way, it says it causes the growth of the body. So being connected to the body throughout the week is important for us to grow in our faith. Amen? Life groups is an important place that you and I can connect. And if you cannot connect to a life group for whatever reason, you know, you work in night shifts, you travel a lot, then at least try to connect with two or three others. Like-minded believers. Maybe just, you know, chat with them, talk to them, pray with them, share your faith with them. That's important. Connect, being connected, committed to a Christ-centered community is important. To live out our life Monday through Saturday. Amen? Are you all listening? Are very quiet on this? Amen? We need to relate to other believers of like-minded faith, of like precious faith that we can connect, encourage one another, pray with one another, share what God is doing in your life, carry each other's burdens. Even if it's two or three believers, it's fine. But you need to, have, to be committed to a Christ-centered community. And what I really want to encourage is this, that, you know, as, as believers... Many times we say, you know, we are in a fellowship or we are in a gathering of believers. But then you've got to make sure that that gathering, whether it's two or three or five or twelve, that community that you're part of, that gathering, really enhances your faith. That really builds your faith up. Otherwise, it's no different from just being out in the world, sitting with the people in the office and chatting around. Now, there's nothing wrong with sitting together and chatting. But what I want to say is this. You need fellowship, meaning something that's imparted into your life that says, keep walking with God, strengthens your faith, encourages you in the service of the Lord. You need that. Yes, you need to hang out with friends, play, talk about cricket and football and, and all that stuff. That's fine. 
But you need this kind of a community. You need this belief, a, a group of believers who will spur you on in your faith with God, who will strengthen you, will encourage you as believers. So I want you to evaluate your relationship with other believers from that plumb line. Is it really edifying my walk with God? Am I really being built up in my walk with God? If it's not, then you need to bring that in. You need to bring Christ-centeredness in, into your fellowship or your community or your group or gathering, whatever. And also I want to say this, you know, the Bible does tell us, you know, avoid loose talk and avoid cheap things. It's sad to see, and you know, it's sad to see believers, you know, you get together in the name of Jesus, you get together in the name of fellowship, and then you talk cheap. It's no different from just hanging out with others. What's the point? You can't call it fellowship, can you? It's not edifying to your faith. So if you're saying you're hanging out with believers, it's got to be something that's going to edify you, build you up. Have fun. Clean fun. But make sure that when you get together, it builds your faith up. Otherwise, you might as well hang around somewhere else. The only difference is they say bad words. These guys don't say bad words. But what the point I want to emphasize is when you come together, it's got to build your faith. I'm not saying that all the time you're praying. You're going to have fun. You play, you know, things. But in the process, you got to build one another's faith. That's Christ-centered community. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 through 7. I'm just going to read the passage. I want to focus on, just want to point out that even Paul addressed this. In Ephesians 5, 1 through 7, he says, Be imitators of God as dear children. Walk in love as Christ also loved us and gave himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. But fornication and cleanness or covetousness, let it not be even named among you as a fitting for the saints. He says, you know, this is not fitting for the saints. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking or coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. Notice what he's talking about. He's talking about believers. He's saying, saints. Don't waste your time in foolish talking and lose joking. Don't waste your time in that. It's not fitting for the saints. Now, I joke or I try to joke. But and I try to have fun. It's okay. But he says, avoid foolish talking, coarse jesting. So have fun. But make sure it doesn't go off into this thing of foolish talk. Just talking unnecessary things. Make sure it doesn't go off into what he calls his coarse jesting. That's fun. That's bordering on, on being vulgar. It's not right. doesn't suit the saints. Avoid that. Amen? All right. I'll move on. That's C for Christ-centered community. W. A-P-C-W. W stands for witness. Witness unashamedly to your immediate world throughout the week. Monday to Saturday. Witness to your world. How can you witness? Some, I just want to share two things here. One is so good seeds. So good seeds. Jesus put it this way in Matthew 5, 16, which we just read. He said, let your light shine. How do you let it shine? Here's how you do it. That they may see your good works. See your good works. And glorify your Father who is in heaven. How do you let your light shine? Jesus said it this way. Let them see your good works. So sow good seeds in your school, in your college, in your place of work, in your home, in your neighborhood, wherever you can. Sow good seeds. Do good things to others. Even those who are not believers and more, you know, more so for them. Do good things there, he says, because through that you are letting your light shine. Sow good seeds in your workplace, in your college. First Peter 2, 11 and 12 brings this to our attention. It says, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, Abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. Having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles. Live in an honorable way among the unbelievers. 
that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works which they observe glorify God in the day of visitation. So he's saying, listen, among the unsaved, live an honorable life. And although they're going to speak against you, they may speak evil about you in your workplace. In your school, your college, as you live an honorable life. He says, you continue to do your good works. Why? So that on the day of their visitation, when God visits them, they will remember your life and what you did. They will then understand the meaning of the good works that you were doing. Amen? So he says, you continue that way. You saw your good works. You do good things for your neighbors, for your friends, for your colleagues in your workplace. He says, you do your good works, which they observe. They will glorify God in the day of visitation. I was talking to a young man. This guy was from the, our North Church. This was a couple of weeks ago. One week he, he came up and he was so, so totally broken. He, he works at our international airport for one of the organizations there. He's a software programmer there. And he was totally broken. He said, you know, I'm doing my best but, and I'm living my Christian life over there. And uh, everybody just, you know, tearing me down. They're accusing me. They're treating me bad. And I just encouraged him saying, you know, just... You keep doing what you, what's right. Uh, he said, you know, I, I'm refusing to, you know, cheat. I'm refusing to do the other things that I have my other colleagues are doing. And, st- and still, they don't seem to recognize the work. So he just prayed with him, just encouraged him. A week or two later, he came back and he was all smiling. He said, you know, my boss came and told me that I was the only one in the whole office who did what was right. His boss came and told him, you're the only one in the whole office who did what was, all the others were cheating. The boss saw through all that and came and commended him. Now all his friends are respecting him for his stand. Amen. So there may be times when we are living honorably, but we're only facing accusation for, for that. What do you do? Continue living honorably. Continue Doing the right things. Continue your good works towards those who are in your place of work, or your colleagues, or your school friends, whatever. Continue those things. Then, on the day of visitation, when God shows up, when God steps into that situation, they will realize what you've been doing. Things will be different. Amen? So, sow good seeds. That's your witness. That's our witness to the world. Monday through Saturday. You don't have to sow good seeds only on Sundays. Amen? And secondly, usher in the kingdom of God. Matthew the 13th chapter, the 38th verse says this. The field is the world. The good seeds are the sons of the kingdom. But the tares are the sons of the wicked one. The good seeds are the sons of the kingdom. You are a son and a daughter of the kingdom. That God has sown into the world. You are a son of the kingdom. You are a daughter of the kingdom. In the month of September, we're going to talk about the kingdom of God and try to understand that in depth. But what we must understand today is that each one of us have been given the mandate to usher in the kingdom of God here on earth. Amen? Jesus told us to pray. He said, you pray, thy kingdom come. The responsibility of ushering in the kingdom of God here on earth is on you and me. We must usher in the kingdom. We are sons of the kingdom. And the kingdom of God is a kingdom of authority. Jesus said, I will give the church the keys of the kingdom. The authority of the kingdom is vested in the church. So the church has to bring, has to move in the authority of the kingdom of God here on earth. The kingdom comes with power. It comes with signs and wonders and miracles. And wherever you are, at every opportunity you can, usher in the kingdom. Bring in the kingdom of God. 
Amen? Wherever you are, seize the moment, seize the opportunity. You never know what God's going to do. But that's what we're supposed to be doing Monday through Saturday. Bringing in the kingdom of God so that hearts and lives can be touched. Be a witness unashamedly to your immediate world. And let me close with this. Oh, for outreach. To those outside your comfort zone. Witness to your immediate world. Because that's where you meet people day in and day out. Your school, your college, your place of work. You meet people, you sow good seeds, you show them your good works, you usher in the kingdom every opportunity you get. If people are going through difficulty, step in and say, can I just pray for you? If they're going through a crisis, try to bring in words of prophecy that will help them and encourage them. If they're going through sickness and disease, try to come in and just pray for them so that God can bring healing into their lives. Usher in the kingdom wherever you find opportunity. Outreach is there is, is to reach outside your comfort zone. I want to read this passage from Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 19 to 23, where Paul says this. He says, Though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win the more. To the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might win the Jews. To those who are under the law, as under the law, gospel's sake, that I might be a partaker of it with you. Paul says, you know, I become all things to all people. I go out of my comfort zone, what I'm comfortable with, the kind of people I'm accustomed to. I'm willing to cross bridges. I'm willing to go across and reach people so they can experience Jesus Christ. So the first thing in in, an outreach is to cross boundaries. And I want to challenge us that we need to cross boundaries right here in church. Amen? We are all people's church, which means that we have people from all kinds of backgrounds, language and cultures, people from across different classes of society will and uh, we must learn to cross boundaries right amongst us try to speak to people who are from a different culture uh, than yourself try to speak to people who come from a different you know maybe social standing than yourself let's cross boundaries we need to reach out from beyond beyond our own comfort zone and cross boundaries out to the world as well don't just stick to your own crowd of people reach out to people Paul said, I reach out to those who are poor. I reach out to those who are within the law or outside the law. To those who are free, to those who are without law, I reach out to them. I become all things to all people so that I can by all means save some. Reach out to the poor and needy. To those who are in need, to the poor, reach out to them. And what I do want to encourage here is this. And this is not a chapter or proverb or anything, but let charity begin at home. Let it begin right here. Right amongst us, there are people with needs. The Bible says, do good to all, especially to those who are of, of the household of faith. You know, when we talk about doing good, we always think about, you know, outreach. Oh, I've got to go to Africa for missions. Listen, there are people right around you who need help. You don't need to go to all the way to Africa. There are people right around you, right here, in your home, in this church, in our city, who need help. So reach out to the poor, the needy around us. And in our church itself, we've got Carnalia, we've got... Uh, girls there, I want to encourage you to get involved there. But our Bible college students, many of our Bible college students are really from backgrounds that, that are not as good as ours. That, that can be an opportunity for you to reach out to people. Our outreach pastors, you can serve them, minister to them, call them, give to them, to their ministries. And there are several mercy ministries happening here. Get engaged, get involved with that. And of course, do it with a pure motive. Don't do it for attention's sake. Jesus said, you know, when you do good things to the poor, don't let your, left hand know, don't let your right hand know what your left hand's doing. Amen? Do it in a way that 
You don't need to talk about it. You don't need to boast about it. Do it silently. Just let it go. Let it happen. And outreach to those outside your comfort zone. Engage in missions. We hope that one day all of us will be involved in missions. It means to go out of our city. uh, Go to places where the gospel is not yet gone. The first way, of course, is to engage in silent missions, which is just to begin to pray. To have a heart for people who do not know Jesus Christ. Paul said this in Romans 10, 14. He said, how shall they call on the one whom they have not believed? And how can they believe in him if they have not yet heard? And how can they hear without a preacher? Somebody's got to go. You can start by praying. You can start by sending. But I want to encourage you. Someday you need to go. Someday you and I need to step out and say, God, I'm willing to go. I'm willing to invest my time and my energy in ministering to people who have not yet heard the gospel. Our witness is to immediate world. Our outreach is to those people who haven't heard, yet heard about Jesus. It's those who are in need. To those to whom we have to cross boundaries to minister to. Amen. So I want to challenge all of us. Let our Christian experience not just be a Sunday morning experience for two to three hours. Take it with you Monday to Saturday. A for altar. Keep your altar on fire Monday to Saturday. P is to practice the presence of Jesus. P for presence. Practice the presence of Jesus. C is community. Be committed to Christ and community. Two, three people. Commit to it. W to for witness. Be a witness in your immediate world. Unashamedly, so good seeds usher in the kingdom. O for outreach. Reach out to people who Cross your boundaries outside your comfort zone. Reach out to those who are poor and needy. Reach out to those who have yet to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Throughout the week, your life can make a difference. Amen? What kind of a believer do you want to be? Do you want to be somebody who just leaves the Christian experience to two to three hours on a Sunday morning? Or do you want to be somebody who lives out his faith Monday through Saturday? Will you accept this challenge this morning and say, God... I need to change what I'm doing. I need to live my faith Monday through Saturday in my home, in my community, in my place of work, school or college, wherever I am. I've got to live this. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.